Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Bickley Blast. Welcome to my nightmare is the Alice Cooper story. It's the name of his debut solo album released by the Valley Icon all the way back in 1975. But today I am co-opting that phrase as in Tom Brady to the 49ers, Tom Brady in the NFC West. Welcome to my nightmare. Now, less than 48 hours after the 49ers were eliminated from their third NFC championship game in four years, there is no stopping the rumors. Brady needs a new team and a happy ending. The 49ers need a contingency plan for Brock Purdy and his torn elbow, and they need somebody who will punch a championship ticket for a championship roster before it's too late. And in the end, it all makes too much sense not to happen. And this is why I sincerely hope the Cardinals are still negotiating with the Saints over Sean Payton, because for all of our troubles, dysfunction, and scandal in 2022, the future of the NFC West is still up for grabs, and only a fool would count out the Cardinals if they get their quarterback right. And that's the thing, because while Kyle Shanahan worked wonders with a third-string quarterback, and because vomitous is the adjective I would use to describe the NFC West if Brady joins the 49ers, I will take the pairing of Sean Payton and Kyler Murray every time. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury attainable. They've got two great locations. You can find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. Welcome to your nightmare. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady twice a year, at least for a year. Tom Brady and 49ers, whatever those colors are, gold and reddish. I'm sure there's some uh, fancy color names for them. Sourdough like something. Mon- Montan- Montana red and sourdough <laughs> orange. Yeah, right? Gold and scarlet. Yeah. Anchor That's steam yeah. orange and... Oh, yes, yeah. please. Yeah, yes, please. Uh, so, listen. So, these are these rumors are flying fast and furious out of San Francisco. And it's, it's interesting because if you followed the chronology of Tom Brady out of New England, there was a moment when Tom Brady sounded a little... Um, a little hurt, a little wounded that not more teams wanted him. And one of those teams would have been the San Francisco 49ers. But you know what they say about circumstances, it changes everything. And I think in the case of the 49ers, uh, the news is Brock Purdy's got a torn UCLA. A UCLA, <laughs> torn UCLA. Fight, fight, so fight. does the Pac-12. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my UCLA. Oh, my UCLA. It's, it's broken. He's got a torn UCLA. He's got a torn UCLL, UCL, and, and, and they're talking about six months, and so the 49ers, they should be very optimistic about what Brock Purdy might mean to them in the long term, yet I, I don't think they're going to sit pat with Trey Lance as the possible opening day starter. You mentioned earlier in the show that game against the Bears earlier this year. Yeah. And that was the game start. Yeah, it was the game everyone feared from him, and he gave it to him. Yeah. That was one of the Bears' three wins <laughs> yeah, this year. No, um, I think it's interesting. Breaking down the timetable on Brock Purdy with the torn UCL, they're, they're calling it a six-month injury. Today's January 31st. Six months would be August 1st. Mm-hmm. Is that that alarming right now? Could Brock Pur- if If the 49ers say, Brock, you showed us enough. Yeah, you're hurt. We're going to rehab you. We're going to get you ready. You're our guy moving forward. Mm-hmm. I think physically right now and timetable-wise, it's entirely possible. Which leads me to my next question. I know this is 
and I'm looking up at, at you know we got one of the TV screens on first take and and the the font says most likely to start for Niners Purdy Tom Brady or Trey Lance would the 49ers <laughs> really need Tom Brady if they had an opportunity to get him three years ago when he mm-hmm. left New England and they punted then. What we saw from Tom Brady this past year, there's doubt on how much magic he has left in that 46-year-old body. No doubt about it. Do you really I'm need him? I'm not saying him? I do it. Do you really need him? Uh, I don't I don't know if need is the word. I think that uh, for a for a 49ers team that has been to that to, like I said that have been to a championship three times in the span of four years I think there's this growing pressure especially after adding Christian McCaffrey that that we have everything we need to win a Super Bowl but that and we better get one soon and let's face it they're going to head into next season as the overwhelming favorites in the NFC West. Because I don't think people will truly believe what Seattle did this year. The Cardinals, who knows? And the Rams seem like they are absolutely sliding the other way down the hill mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. So, the, you know, if you're the 49ers, you're, you're like, our time is now to win now. So why not go all in? Yeah. The 49ers, you know, in this time period of the past four years, they've got one Super Bowl appearance. They lost to the Chiefs in that one, and they've lost two other championship games. They're kind of getting at that point where they better they better cash that ticket soon before the frustration of it all eats them alive, well, which our, we've also seen. I'll continue to, to side over here on the, the naysayer uh, grouping of it. Why wasn't, why wasn't Tampa Bay better this year? If Tom Brady is is the elixir, and I know what you're going to say and what people will say, the offensive line was banged up. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Behind that banged up offensive line, Tom Brady threw the ball 733 was, times and was sacked 22. Uh, yeah, he doesn't get sacked. Now they couldn't run the football, and they had a they had a really good defense, but they had playmakers all over the field and Godwin and Evans. They got Julio Jones mm-hmm. was their third receiver. He's all a mm-hmm. famer. Why weren't they better? It's a good question. Listen, I I watched some of Tampa this year, and like you, I I saw a quarterback who is, if not washed up, he's getting darn near close. Now, the game he threw on the field against the Panthers late in the year was was really, really good stuff. But but after that, after and before, I agree with you. I I don't see that impact player, but I think it's probably enough for the for the 49ers to believe they can win with with him. That's what I think. And I would be, I'm going to be very surprised if this doesn't happen, even though I'm with you in evaluating who Tom Brady is at the moment. I'm talking about from their perspective, how they're going to view this thing. Yeah, I'm wondering. And look, Tom Brady's not the only big name out there that could switch addresses this year. Aaron Rodgers has ties to the Bay Area, too. I mean, that's more than a one-year fix, probably, with Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers, but... All the scuttlebutt. And it's also a trade. It's also a trade you'd have to make with Green Bay. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But, um, you know, bringing Tom Brady in is contingent mostly on can you get a trade for Trey Lance? Or are you bringing Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, and Tom Brady? I doubt that. Yeah, I doubt that. Yeah, they probably need to move on from Trey Lance at this point. It's going to be an interesting offseason from that standpoint. There's uh, there's no doubt about it. You can uh, always text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line. It's open at 620-620. Coming up next... The Phoenix Suns get another win. We've already talked about Mikel Bridges, but there's other things to be excited about with the Suns. We'll get into some of those next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
Bickley, Vince Morata. Bickley and Morata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bridges again. Penetrates on to Chua. Takes him in the lane this time. Now fades from 10. Short. Rebound Craig. Out to a wide open ball for three. He got it. CP3. His fourth three of the night. 15 points for him. Suns up four with 90 seconds to go. Yeah, huge three following a big offensive rebound by Torrey Craig. Led to the uh, Suns victory over the Toronto Raptors last night. Sixth in their last seven games. And we spent a good portion of uh, the early part of the show, Bick, talking about what we've seen from Mikel Bridges lately and how promising it is. And everybody's been wondering, can Chris Paul get back to Chris Paul form? Chris Paul's been playing in Chris Paul form since he got back from his latest injury. I thought he was really good last night, 19 mm. points. Uh, in the five games since he's returned, the Suns are 4-1. and one. He's playing a lot of minutes, which is not great, 35.5, but that's due to lack of depth behind him. Uh, he's averaging 21.6 points, shooting 54% from the floor, 47% from three-point range, and 10.4 assists, all and almost six rebounds a game. Mm. Chris Paul, in this short stretch, and I'm saying just what it is, it's in this short stretch, it guarantees nothing moving forward. He looks like the Chris Paul of old again. Yeah, uh, get it. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'd make it declaratively that he looks like the Chris Paul of old, but I'm, just in that I, I would is say, what I okay, said. Oh, I, okay, I would say that yes, I think he is. I think he's trending in the right direction, and he's trending in the right direction in a way that makes me kind of believe it's part of a plan that he kind of has this thing scripted out in his head. It, it, is it just me, or have you noticed this, a, a difference in the trajectory of his threes? Have, have you noticed any of that? Does it look to you like a guy that maybe has reinvented his shot to kind of accommodate for less lift? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And, and, and now that you say it's not something that I definitely had on the front of my mind, but if you go back to earlier in the year when Chris Paul was not hitting the threes on a regular basis, he was front rimming a lot of them. There was a lot of short shots, um, and that led people to say, hey, look, Chris Paul's legs are gone. Um, when you shoot it for a five-game stretch at almost 47%, you're doing something right. And it, it, he's getting to the point now where if he's open from three-point range, especially those straightaways, you expect it to go in. And yeah, a little bit more arc on the ball. have noticed that. Um, the minutes could be an issue. Here's here's his uh, in In one game, and that was the blowout win over Charlotte, it was a pretty easy night for Chris Paul, 27 minutes. But he had 38 minutes against Memphis, mm-hmm. 38 against Dallas, 39 against San Antonio, and 34 last night. The health of uh, Cameron Payne is very, very important to this team moving forward. They need CP15 back to spell <laughs> CP3. Because if this is all part uh-huh. of a plan, like you said, that plan cannot have a guy who's 37 going on 38 playing that many minutes per night. 37 or 38 yeah. minutes per night. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Uh, I was a little bit I, – I thought the last update from Cameron Payne was a little weird when he just mentioned his foot just doesn't feel right. Yeah, <laughs> that's never a good sign. No, no. So well, unless it's his right foot. Ah, mm. uh-huh. 
Yeah, so I'm I'm taking I'm taking solace in that. I I I like I like what's coming off this basketball team recently. It, it's I, I think that there's um I I don't know whether it's the new owner whether they know some resolution is coming with Jay Crowder. Maybe they see the stretch run coming. I uh, I don't know what it is. Maybe they know the return of Devin Booker is impending. Uh, I just I I kind of like their vibe a little bit. I it, it doesn't necessarily make me think that they're um in line for a long playoff run, but I do. I do like the way they're trending. I will say that. Yeah, and look, we talked about last week the possibility of a long winning streak, and the Suns have played very well in this stretch when you went 6 of 7. That Dallas game that got away from them, when you lose Luka Doncic in the first four minutes of the game, and I don't know if that, uh, you know, psychologically affected the Suns, like, hey, we got these guys. They, they don't have their ringleader. To lose that game was rough. They've bounced back well, nicely, winning two straight after that. But you can't... I don't want the Suns to be going on the road for a tough Eastern swing, still with question marks about Devin Booker, having lost to the Atlanta Hawks. Another team that's struggling, a team that there's so many trade rumors about the Hawks that could be mm-hmm. blowing the whole thing up. Mm-hmm. Gotta take care of business before you head out on the road. Yeah, and I think last night's game was one of those games that it not not a good opponent, and it and it could have been one of those losses, and they kind of got away. Uh, uh, they avoided that. Mikhail Bridges played real well in, in, in clutch time or crunch time, however you want to phrase it, and we talked about that earlier. Yeah, I'm with you, because I do think at some point in time, there, the heavy lift is going to return for this basketball team, and we're going to get a real fair uh, idea of what's happening with them. Um, I, what I think is interesting too is exactly what is what is in the air when it comes to what piece is coming back to the Phoenix Suns, because um, it, it, there's two schools of thought here. It, we we know that the Milwaukee Bucks apparently want Jay Crowder. They were granted. Uh, permission to talk to him and we've kind of seen the offer from that's out there for Jay Crowder and it's it's okay I, I mean if 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 you still like you know Serge Ibaka and think he can add something to the mix I don't I mean I, I would speculate and the deal in case you don't know that what's rumored being reported is mm-hmm. that Jay Crowder to the Bucks for Serge Ibaka George Hill, mm-hmm. Jordan Wara, and second round draft considerations picks. or whatever. Yeah, picks. It, it, yeah. was, it was right. plural. Yeah, I don't know if there's a spot at, uh, on this roster for Serge Ibaka after a trade. That I, might be a buyout situation. He's on a one year. Oh, he's on I a one year deal. Okay. I, I mean, I think you could probably make the same argument for George Hill. Although I think he's probably got more use uh, to the Suns than Serge Ibaka. And I like Serge Ibaka as a player, but you look, he's not contributing in Milwaukee no. right now either. And I and and what what he would bring, I think he would bring a pocket of good minutes against certain teams, maybe. But, but what does he do for you that that Bismack? Biombo can't do. That's a great, combo of that's Biombo a and great question. Can't do. And the answer is nothing. So the answer is: Are you buying flexibility for next year, or are you looking to add something for this year? Uh, I forget who it was, but an NBA. Uh, it was uh, Keith Smith, the guy down in Orlando. Mm-hmm. He said that that the way he reads the market is this offer from the Bucks is sitting there, and it's probably going to be there at trade deadline. Mm-hmm. There have been rumors about a, an underwhelming offer that's sitting there from the Miami Heat for Jay Crowder that James. Jones, like a finicky cat, is like, no, thank you. Uh, but they're sitting there. And and maybe the smarter play is try to parlay everything you got into one piece, a John Collins, a somebody, that can maybe make a difference this year. I just, 
I, I I like you. I'm uh, I'm going down this rabbit hole that I I do think there's a I think there's some real fire to the idea of LeBron joining this team next year, and and I really believe that if that is indeed yes, I Tom I, Brady in the division, uh, LeBron you. James in now, town. I may, be, I may be off my rocker about this, but but this is what I'm going with at the time. And if that were the case, then whatever gets added now is going to be just incremental. Or to Vinny's point, it's going to be something easily. Expungible from the roster. <laughs> Overall, at this point, though, it feels like they misplayed their hand by not trading Jay Crowder at the beginning of the year or before the season. Yeah, it's hard to do it. We we don't know when this separation was was made public. It was right at the beginning of training camp. We don't know when it went down. And if the Suns had opportunities to unload Jay Crowder during the summer and didn't do it, yeah, that's on them. You know, a lot of people will point out, and Bobby Marks was on with Burns and Gambo yesterday, and, you know, uh, people have written about it as well, that, you know, the Jay Crowder situation bubbling up, it, it's hard to make trades in October. There's not a lot of trades no. that go down, and no. I, think, uh, I think Bobby Marks put out some astronomical figure, like over 80% of the deals that are made in the NBA happen at the trade deadline. So it, it's it's hard to make that move. We just don't know when that separation occurred. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I still... Point fingers at both parties, Jay Crowder, and and the way the, the both parties have handled this. There was also reports yesterday too about the Milwaukee uh, room uh, rumors. The Suns don't have any interest in in bringing Grayson Allen to Phoenix, which was music to a lot of people's ears. Because <laughs> he's a guy. If he's on your team, you got to make a determination. Can you love him? <laughs> yeah. um, I think Grayson Allen is is a useful piece. Uh, a piece of some people a think piece he's a of piece what, of something. Is <laughs> 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 <He's> a piece? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I just yeah. I've reached the saturation point and the fatigue well, point of talking about Jay Crowder uh, and I, whether or a not lot he's of going people to be have, traded. Man, a lot of people have, but it, it again. It just this has just been man. People are just screaming for some resolution in this thing, and 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 there's just as as Kellen Olson first identified. There's a couple of different windows here, and and the the. Suns are throwing darts at one of them, and that one—it's either this year or it's after this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And there was all speculation last night too, when James Jones and Masai Ujiri walked I in the tunnel that, together. Right? And, Ooh, what's happening? OG Ananobi's here, and he's not mm-hmm. playing. Is something being worked out? No. Uh, starting next Monday, listen for your name every day to qualify for your chance to win tickets to Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Just text Super to six twenty six twenty to register. And once you hear your name, all you have to do is call within the time frame, and you could be heading to Super Bowl 57. Plus, you'll win tickets to the FanDuel Party, Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. That's Super, S-U-P-E-R, to 620-620. It's Arizona Sports All Access, presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. Coming up next, we'll have our weekly discussion with the one and only Shane Doan, Coyote's Chief Hockey Development Officer. That is straight ahead on this Tuesday. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Akchin Community Studios on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Don't scores on the rebound. Shane Doan. Shane Doan got a piece of it. I think this goal is going to go to the captain. Captain Coyote. Shane Doan sends a one-hopper on that. He scores! The captain. Coyote's legend Shane Doan. Up early to talk Coyote's hockey with Bickley and Murata. Shot by Shane Doan. He scores! 
That's that time of the week. Donor, Shane Doan, Chief Hockey Development Officer of the Coyotes, joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Shane, good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Good. We don't have a ton of hockey to talk about because uh, it's almost like a winter vacation for the Coyotes right now. They played Saturday. They don't play again until the 6th of February with the mm. All-Star break. Are you a, are you a fan of these giant uh, layoffs during the course of the season? Um, yes and no. I think it's I think the way that it's set up now is probably the best way to do it and the fact that I mean, we play so many games throughout a year and usually the All-Star break or an Olympic break or those things the best players tend to not get them because they yeah. they have to go they have to attend it and so it's it's hard on that group of guys that are kind of called on by their countries or called on by um, the league to do extra stuff. So for them to get a four or five day break is not a big deal. So I'm not I'm not opposed to it. I'm I understand why uh, as a as a fan to get into the rhythm of watching games every other night. It's nice. All right, nothing screams the NHL All Star Game like South Florida donor. I always say that, <laughs> but, but I'm sure the play- <laughs> but I'm sure the players are into it. Uh, what is is there anything that jumps out of you? I mean, obviously the skills competition has got some interesting stuff. The dunk tank on the beach in Fort Lauderdale looks interesting. What do you? Uh, what do you? What do you? What do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, they're they're trying to find something that's kind of new and fun. People, it's it's amazing on what what seems to work and what doesn't. Sometimes, um, I like I like the format kind of now with the three on three, kind of quick and um, kind of just a round robin kind of tournament where it keeps it important enough that it kind of feels like what you would do as a kid if you didn't have as many guys and you wanted to play a game and you wanted to keep it keep it a little bit in, more intense. So I like that. I think they should do a shootout. I do think that that's always but a real shootout because it's I don't care when I'm watching a game if I happen to notice another game's like going to overtime I always flip over to see if it goes to a shootout mm-hmm. to see what goalies will do or players will do. It's It's always fun to watch. Shane Doan, uh, Coyotes Chief Hockey Development Officer, our guest on Tuesdays here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. The last time the Yotes were on the ice was Saturday, uh, the game against uh, Anaheim, a tough one. They lose an overtime 2-1 on the Trevor Zegers goal, and that wasn't the most talked about thing that Trevor Zegers did in that game. <laughs> the the dust-up with, with Troy Stetcher, and you know it. I mean, YouTube and, and hockey, Twitter, and everybody's trying to investigate on what was said because Stetcher's response to what was said by Trevor Zegras was extreme. How, I mean, how nasty does the trash talk, how personal does the trash talk get on the ice in your experience, Donor? Uh, it, it gets bad. I mean, there's if there's anything that is believed to cause a reaction from you, that will be said. Um, no question about it. What was being rumored to be said? That I think is not that's not appropriate. Which um, Rick Morgan came out and said that Zegers never said anything of of of, of that nature, and, and that was about Troy Stetcher's father. Yeah, yeah, and so, but pretty much anything else seems to be okay. <laughs> you know, other than it's kind of like a little Jackie Moonish, where you know everything's okay to to, to say for the most part. Um, leaving away, staying away from the the ultra personal stuff that is, I think, just deemed inappropriate for what for mm-hmm. obvious reasons. So, um, uh, but everything else, yeah, it's fair game. And, right. uh, it's a lot of it's fun. 
Okay, so uh, where are you at if, if this is at the All-Star break? How do we characterize what the Coyotes have accomplished so far up to this point? Uh, there's moments, you know, you look at the teams they beat. The teams they beat were, you know, Boston and Toronto, and I think they have a... I think they have a winning record against the top six teams in the league. But then you look at the teams that they haven't beat, and I think they're now <laughs> they're one seven and three in the games against the bottom teams of the league. And, um, that's a, that's a hard one to figure out. It's an element of uh, of a younger team usually of trying to figure. You know, there's a way that you have to play to win, and when you know you're in trouble, you kind of you accept that this is the way you're going to have to play, and then when you think you have a chance to win and you kind of tend to play the way you want to play and sometimes the way you want to play isn't the best way and that's uh that's what uh, that's what's hard to get over, well, and I think we're learning that. And, and I think last week is a prime example. Coyotes played the Knights, the Blues, and the Ducks, and of all teams, they lose to the Ducks. Yeah, twice, <laughs> twice the, in succession, yeah. right? Yeah, and the Knights and the Blues, they they won convincingly. I think four one and five nothing. Yeah, right? it's it's and hey, that's part of growing up as a team, and it's frustrating and um, uh, for the players and for the coaches. And I, it's so funny because you watch the games and you can see the little things inside the game and the details of the game that Bear harps on and harps on, and the guys execute and we have success. And then you see a game where and and it also goes the same for Anaheim. Anaheim is plays a freewheeling game and they they get into a game where it's freewheeling and you got just a kind of shinny hockey and the, they seem to have success. <laughs> Shane Doan, our guest here on Big Are you again on swearing on the radio, Doan, talking about <laughs> shinny hockey. I've told you that story right there. <laughs> yes, you have. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> the first time I heard Shane say that, I went up. Yeah, you're like, whoa, to, what'd you oh, say? We need to bleep that. All right. I was like, wait. Bleep that out. Shane doesn't curse. Uh, <laughs> with, uh, you know, with the situation, uh, the reality of, uh, of what the Coyotes are for the rest of the year and 32 games left after the break, what what do you think are reasonable goals for, for this this team the rest of the way, Shane? Well, I think that they get more playing towards their identity, and that's and that the young guys all take the big step. You look at the guys that they're counting on um, to to take that step, and you want those guys to continue to mature and to become better. And uh, I think that's the focus. Um, you understand the situation with as many points back as we are that it's. It's not probably making the playoffs is not reasonable, but it's hard because as a team you have to have goals, you have to have um, objectives, and and getting better. It sounds so vague, but you see it. Like you, you just said, Bick, where you play Vegas and you play St. Louis, and you see those games that has to become more consistent and in, in in playing the teams that you should beat and find a way to get better and mentally more engaged, I guess. Yeah. All right, finally, before I let you go, I'm going to go back to the All-Star game for one last thing. Do you know anything about this pitch and puck competition that is being touted as a combination of hockey and golf? Do you know what they're doing? I mean, because it sounds full-on Happy Madison or Happy Gilmore, whatever that guy's name was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, there was one that they would shoot where you're shooting from a ways away and you got to put it in the net in different parts of the ice. And, um, there's a game at the end of there's a game at the end of practice that we'd always do that it's, and this isn't anything like it. I'm not totally sure what they're doing with this. Yeah. But, um, we always would play a game of golf where you have to score from every face off dot, and the winner 
wins and um, then it has to be in the air to get them you get a birdie if it's in the air when it crosses the goal line and oh, shooting okay. from the far end is kind of fun and missing the net you get a, it's a bogey and you hit the post and in it's an eagle and so it's a fun game to play but I, I don't know exactly what this one is they're doing but this is this you're is, always finding yeah. silly things all right well this is obviously this is news to you as well uh, the NHL's website says this is going to take place on a par four golf hole with an island green and it's going to have players combine their <laughs> hockey and golf skills so I'm like, what? yeah, I know. That's that's why I'm asking you. We're both we're both clueless about this, which I would expect of me, donor. You, we just expect your cell phone to go out. He's waiting for one that's a combination hockey and horseback riding. Oh, you, you oh, you would be the yeah. champion there, donor. You would be that's the polo. champion in that. That's polo. That is polo. polo. I've seen uh, you play polo. Ice polo. You're good at it too, donor. Uh, and donor, yeah, I'm. I haven't seen that other one, so I can't wait to watch that. It's always that's someone that's not a player trying to come up with something that's fun to watch. Yeah, true. And before we let you go, since you dropped a Jackie Moon reference earlier in this interview, I know I know what the Coyotes' goal should be. Their goal should be to win the Flint, Michigan Mega Bowl, dog. <laughs> corn dogs, Jackie. It's corn dogs. Wow. Daughter, have a good week. Enjoy the All Star festivities, right. and we'll talk to you next All right. week. Shane Doan, Coyote's Chief Hockey Development Officer, joins us on Tuesdays here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Coming up next, another weekly guest, the head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils. We talk some college hoops with Bobby Hurley. That is straight ahead here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This is the Sun Devil Fast Break with ASU men's head basketball coach Bobby Hurley. The Sun Devil Fast Break is presented by Arizona Ford Dealers. Yeah, Sun Devil struggles continued on the road last week up in Washington, losing to Washington and Washington State. Back home to take on the Oregon schools this week. We're joined for uh, his weekly visit by the head coach of Arizona State, Bobby Hurley, who joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Good morning, Bobby. How are you? Pretty good. Good morning, guys. Uh, last weekend, obviously uh, not the way you wanted things to go, and I'm sure a lot to be frustrated about, but uh, just in terms of the shooting numbers, struggling to put the ball in the hole in, in both of those games, where, where would that rank on, on your list of frustrations over that weekend, Bobby? Yeah, I mean, uh, the Washington game, I thought we got off to a good start. We were up 12 nothing. We were getting stops. We looked uh, like the defensive team we had been most of the season. Uh, we're hitting some shots, playing with confidence, and uh, it kind of just fizzled out. You know, we, we struggled to score. Uh, I think we only had 20 points in that half. Uh, you know, to shoot 29% for the game on the road, it's uh, you, you're not going to win a lot of games doing that. So certainly, you know, our inability, our ineffectiveness uh, to make shots, uh, you know, impacted that game. Uh, you know, Des Cambridge had 26, I believe, in that game, and he was, uh, you know, the main guy that could really, you know, put the ball in the basket. We struggled at, uh, in other uh, in other ways to score it. I thought we had some pretty good looks. Uh, we're not able to connect, especially in the first half. And, uh, you know, so we went nine for 32 from three in that game, which, again, on the road isn't going to win you many. Uh, you know, another bright spot was Austin Nunez just stepping up at the free throw line and making three foul shots yeah. with, you know, 0.6 on the clock at the end of the game, which is extremely difficult for a young guy to do that and show that type of courage uh, to tie the game. And, you know, to find ourselves in overtime, it was, uh, it was kind of surreal. <laughs> the way we had played. All right, so uh, unfortunately we've seen these seasons before where they start so promising and then they have moments that that you think you got something really good here and then it kind of falls apart at the end. How do you get this thing back together in the time we've got left? 
Yeah, I mean we've had we've had seasons uh, like you touched on. I think our twelve and zero year, we you know we struggled in league play that year. Um, you know, some other years. Uh, last year we won seven of eight. Uh, the COVID year when the season was canceled, we were one of the hottest teams in the conference late in the season. So I just think you got to you know keep things in perspective. Uh, you know, we're very disappointed, uh, very frustrated as a group, you know, to not uh, get a win on the road, especially the way we had played on the road in, uh, in Pac-12 up to that point. And, uh, you know, now we're at a critical juncture. We, uh, we were 6-1, and one, now we're 6-5. and five. It's, it's a real you know, test our character and see what this group is made of. Bobby Hurley, the head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils, our guest here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Uh, the DJ Horn situation played, uh, struggled uh, against Washington, didn't play against Washington State. It was then, uh, it came out that he had been, uh, you know, suspended for disciplinary reasons or conduct, conduct detrimental to the team, I think is how it was termed. Can, can you update the situation with DJ Horn if there is an update, Bobby? Yeah, I, I think DJ's, uh, you know, epitomizes how we all feel. You know, we've, uh, you know, teams, uh, you know, have a lot of winners in the locker room and have won a lot of games and, and have that expectation and that standard. Uh, when you go through some struggles like this, you know, things could boil over. And I think for him, uh, you know, personally, he, he has a very high standard for, for his quality of play. And, uh, you know, he has not reached that mark the last couple of games. And, uh, you know, following the game, he was highly frustrated and, uh, and, and it resulted in, you know, the, the disciplinary action. He and I have had really good conversations over the last couple of days and he was in practice yesterday and, uh, it's a one off and he'll be back in the lineup. On Thursday night. All right, so uh, so everything is kind of back to to normal, at least as normal as it could be with him. That that there's nothing lingering with DJ. Um, I mean, not to, to my knowledge, after my conversations with him, and we, you know, we've been through a lot together. We, you know, we've played a lot of games together. He's a guy that I've counted on the last two years, and uh, you know, he's played winning basketball for us. Been a big part of winning a lot of games, and. Like I said, he was very frustrated after uh, the Washington game and, and how we lost and how we all performed in that game. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, I had to uh, had to do something in the best interest of the team in that moment. And, and DJ is, is on the same page with everybody and is invested in wanting to win and get back on track. Good to hear. Uh, you, you, Bobby, you mentioned Austin Nunez earlier, the freshman, and, you know, that role is growing, and you look at his playing time and his contributions even on the road trip in Washington and playing a total of 54 minutes in those two games. Is is that a workload that you can anticipate maybe Austin holding down for the rest of the season in, in what's a crowded backcourt? Yeah, I mean, at, at this point, you, you got to start narrowing things down a little bit more, and, uh, you know, and that's, I think, where we're getting to. And, you know, I talk with Austin about, just the six men that I've had in the past, you know, Lonzo Verge and uh, Remy Martin when he was a freshman. Uh, and I could see, you know, Austin kind of his role expanding and his minutes going up, uh, particularly the way he's been defended because we've struggled to to get stops consistently the last couple of games. And, and he gives great energy and is uh, really good athleticism on the ball and sets the tone for our defense. So um, I could certainly see him, you know, getting a, a similar amount of minutes game to game. All right. So, uh, so when you start to piece this thing back together, does it start again with defense? When you take a look at, at, at the games remaining on the schedule, um, does it, is it sort of hitting a reset button? Is this testing the new Bobby Hurley manner of, of not, you know, being volatile or combustible after bad losses? 
Um, I, I think certainly, you know, the defense has been our calling card all year, and, and it has not been as efficient. You know, I, I talk to the team, and you know, I, I love for us to – you know, in, in small doses, you know, press and turn the heat up and trap a little bit. But we're getting behind in these games, and, and uh, you know, we're not efficient on offense, and we're digging a hole for ourselves. And then we have to expend tremendous energy mm-hmm. to, to pick up full court and scramble, and now we're running around and we're, we're not matched up properly. You know, we got to sit down in half-court defense and start stopping people again. And, you know, we just have not done that lately. And uh, so that'll be the priority this week. I know a lot of people, when they judge the quality of a conference in college basketball, they'll look at the number of ranked teams and, you know, only two ranked teams from the Pac-12, which I don't think tells the entire story of this conference. Top to bottom, how how would you rate this year's version of the Pac-12 from your experience against other teams? I I think since I've been in the league, teams have gotten better. And, uh, you know, and, and I don't know that we knocked it out of the park in the non-conference. I think yeah. certainly some teams individually have, have brought some really high-quality wins into the Pac-12, and that's ultimately really how you're judged. But I, I do feel like teams get better and improve in our league. I think Washington State's a good example of that. They struggled with injuries early in the year and had some key injuries to key players, and had to figure out a new way of, of uh, playing winning basketball. And they've emerged as you know, one of the better teams that, that we've played against, certainly uh, with their inside play and their three-point shooting ability. And there are other examples. I, I mean, I think it's a quality league. There, there are no off nights where you can just show up and win. Yeah, Bobby, as always, we appreciate the time. And uh, best of luck against the Oregon schools this week. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Bobby Hurley, the head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils, every Tuesday uh, joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Uh, It's also Tuesday, so that means it's time for Character Counts, presented by Parker & Sons, cooling, plumbing, heating, and electrical. The NBA announced on Thursday that Phoenix Suns point guard Cameron Payne was the recipient of the League's Cares Community Assist Award for the month of December. Payne hosted Campaign's 15 Families of Christmas initiative at Footprint Center, where he provided dinner and gifts from the wish list of 15 families uh, from Big Brothers Big Sisters of Central Arizona. Each family received a $250 Fry's Food Stores gift card and was able to take photos with Cam as well as his autograph. Payne's December of giving back didn't stop there, however. He also took 20 kids from Arizona Friends of Foster Children's Foundation and uh, Solano's No Limit Hoops Shopping at uh, Target as part of Christmas Shopping with the Suns. Uh, Payne said, quote, I'm thankful to the NBA for this recognition and to the Phoenix Suns charities for all the work they do. We're not going to stop here. My hope is to continue to uplift these kids and uh, to inspire the Valley to get involved themselves. Great job by Cameron Payne of the Phoenix Suns. That's Character Counts presented by Parker & Sons Cooling, Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. And they are looking for their next student-athlete to win a $10,000 scholarship. Text character to 620-620 to nominate a student today. Social studies right around the corner on the Tuesday edition of Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.